0: Hey friends, thanks for joining me, Jim Barut, to hear a few insights from leaders who represent our innovation ecosystem. Today's chat is with Sean O'Sullivan, the founder and managing partner of SOSV Ventures and Accelerators. He is also a serial entrepreneur and a social entrepreneur.
1: I was an entrepreneur uh, right out of College. I I I started a company called MapInfo. So if you've ever typed an address into a computer and seen a street map, that's what we invented back in 1985, and that became a very popular thing. Billions of people now do it every day, uh, and uh, it became a couple hundred million dollar company. Went public in 1994, even before the internet, um, and uh, and then it has uh, you know gone on since there. Uh, obviously. Uh, there's a lot of other, uh, you know, much more popular consumer uh, mapping apps uh, by Google and Apple and everything else these days. But that's how I got started. Um, and that, uh, from the proceeds of that company, I left that company in 94. Um, and uh, and from the proceeds of that, I started to do some other things. And, and I, I am credited with coining the term uh, cloud computing. I have uh, started a a company in that space. I also have seen companies hit the wall, including my own, uh, during economic downturns, um, uh, like the possible situation that we're facing today. Um, I've invested and been investing since uh, the mid-90s and run a venture capital firm now that invests uh, around... Uh, $65, $75 million a year in new startups, 150 new startups a year, um, and, um, and we also follow on invest into those startups after, after they run through our accelerator programs. So the main accelerator programs that we run are HACS, the hardware accelerator, the world's leading hardware accelerator based in Shenzhen and San Francisco and Tokyo and Xi'an, um, and the other uh, programs that we run are IndieBio, which is based in San Francisco and New York, China Accelerator based in uh, Taipei and, um, and in um, Shanghai and uh, a few others, FoodX uh, here locally, here in, in New York.
0: Great, and um, you shared with me something that I don't think many people know about the ride-sharing business in general. That I oh, think yeah. is, is just, <laughs> just amazing. So tell us more about that.
1: Oh, well, so uh, I also started a company back in 2007 uh, that uh, allowed, you know, uh, that um, the idea was that people could share their cars, uh, you know, as they drive around with strangers. Uh, and I know that seems really odd, except wait, no, it's not odd at all. It's what happens in, when Uber. And Lyft and other people do that for you. So I, I, I have uh, like the seminal patent in that field, uh, which has been, uh, you know, uh, cited. Uh, the, actually, I have uh, about twenty patents in that field, uh, and they've been cited by uh, the, everyone: uh, Uber and the Lyft and uh, GM and Google and the Toyota and General Motors and everyone else uh, for the work that they're doing. Even with autonomous vehicles, etc. So that's something that's still developing. Uh, you know, where uh, we are, uh, we've yet to see a whole bunch of money flowing our way from from those patent violators. But we will eventually probably get uh, to monetize uh, that. The company that originated that uh, that I uh, created uh, is is uh, operating in Texas now and doing you know a few million in revenue, but not the billions in revenue that the uh, the, the well finance companies are doing.
0: Right. Okay, so one of the things that I wanted to make sure we discussed, uh, Sean, was your new IndieBio coronavirus initiative. I thought that was really impactful Great. and important and timely, of course. Tell us more about that.
1: Well, um, so we are, uh, so Indie is the world's leading investor in early stage life science companies. We back around 50 new life science companies a year. Um, through uh, programs that are run uh, twice a year, spring and fall effectively in both uh, San Francisco and now actually New York, where we're opening up uh, our right now uh, it's innovations it has been delayed a little bit because of the coronavirus. But uh, at at Rockefeller university, we have a one floor of their, one of their laboratory buildings. Um, And so we take a cohort of, you know, uh, uh, a 10 or 12 or, or, or so companies through a program with our staff, you know, uh, that is, you know, several PhDs, you know, drug development people, uh, you know, uh, you know, just, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, people who built uh, businesses before, et cetera, that are on our staff. Um, and each of the, uh, each of the companies, um, uh, we, we help, uh, in the same way that when I started my first company, I had a lot of help, uh, from, you know, mentors that were mentoring me that I sort of stumbled my way across when I was getting started. Uh, a, a, a senior vice president of General Electric, a, a guy who'd started a, a, a $50 million company up in Albany, New York, um, you know, as well. And and just a few others that really got their hands dirty and, and helped me uh, understand what a cap table was and how to sell to corporate customers and everything else. That's what we are helping uh, the the people that that come through the uh, IndieBio program with getting them commercialized, de-risking their startups, et cetera. Now in terms of that's how the IndieBio accelerator works. It's like a five month program with wet labs, you know, scientists and and lots of assistance, lots of financing assistance. And we give them a quarter million dollars uh, to, uh, to sort of, Sustain for for a period of time while they're going through the program, and and you know a couple months after, or nine months after, or whatever, however long that money lasts, until they get financing. So so we just announced on Tuesday. What is it? Thursday? Uh, we just announced uh, two days ago uh, a, a special uh, program for the COVID uh, uh, crisis, uh, where we are uh, funding uh, up to eight companies um, in both our San Francisco and uh, New York programs. Uh, for anyone who has uh, ideas that that apply to this uh, crisis in the life sciences area, we will also and have also been funding other COVID-related ideas in hardware, and in, in, in other uh, in other areas through our Hacks program. But the in, the initiative we just announced is uh, uh, for for that program, um, and we anticipate spending at least uh, ten million dollars of our own money supporting those companies and uh, the companies in our current portfolio in the COVID crisis uh, in emergency funding, really, in the next seven months, and a- as well as bringing another $50 million or so to play from other investors that generally follow along into our companies, our startups.
0: Great, great. And on the Eventbrite uh, event listing, I have a link to your release that talks about not only your current portfolio companies that are doing work, in response to the coronavirus, but also this new announcement. So if anyone wants more information, they can certainly go to that, go to your website, IndieBio. Yeah, uh, website. I'll just
1: briefly tick off the couple of areas that we're looking at. Uh, you know, one is in diagnostics for, for rapid, uh, you know, and affordable uh, testing. We we recognize that in order to completely eradicate this type, uh, this, uh, this uh, condition, uh, we really, and to get our economy back, in play, we actually need to have every single human being uh, tested. Uh, it's not a, uh, It's not the sort of like yesterday, New York had uh, one quarter of the tests done in the entire country and they had 13,000 tests done. Uh, we need to do uh, hundreds of millions of tests. Uh, we are far away from uh, being able to do that right now. And there's a number of things that needs to happen in order for that to get done. So diagnostics, Uh, you know, point of care diagnostics, you know, accelerated or other reagents, all sorts of things that can help make those diagnostics happen uh, more rapidly and uh, more affordably. Um, So number two would be various therapeutics, including small molecule therapeutics. Uh, We funded a company uh, just yesterday uh, that is uh, repurposing a well-known previous therapeutic, hasn't been used in humans for a bunch of years, but it it has passed all the safety tests from before that 15 minutes it was effective. I'm sorry about that. Uh, that little reminder there. <laughs> It's 15 minute time. We got to figure it again, 15 minutes. If I don't figure out how to shut it down. Um, and then, uh, and then, uh, you know, so we are looking at therapeutics, small molecule therapeutics, as well as antibody therapy, antibody therapeutics for sort of, uh, three, sort of a three month period uh, where you can boost your immunity, especially for our first care, uh, or your first responders, the the people, the medical doctors and whatnot that really need to protect themselves, uh, you know, uh, and make sure they're not passing on the infection to other doctors as well as as patients, et cetera. Um, so, so that's another area. And then other sort of general purpose um, uh, needs, uh, including just uh, technologies for reducing uh, the spread of infection or disinfection technologies, various other types of things.
0: Yeah, got it. that's great. So um, now you have a really good um, purview of the whole world as far as investing, because you invest all over the world and you have accelerators all over the world. So why don't you talk about the locations of your accelerators and then tell us what you've seen, you know, in the recent past in, in, as far as investment activity and now with this uh, terrible virus, how things have changed. Uh, and what you 're forecasting, i don 't want to put you on the spot, but give us some sense for how you see the uh, the funding landscape
1: Those are a lot of different questions i 'm going to tackle a, a couple uh, uh, the The first one is that you know different parts of the world are in different stages of this I mean even different parts of the United States are in very you know completely different stages of the uh, of the progression of this you know as as people are calling it species event everyone in the human species species is aware of this <laughs> mm-hmm. and will always re- remember this children who are growing up now will remember it just as much as you know maybe we remember 9-11 or 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 or, or you know it's i think it could be even bigger uh, actually it, it is a bigger it's a bigger effect it, you didn't shut down the main streets of of, mm-hmm. of every country in the the in the every city in the country by uh you know, even in the town I'm in, Princeton, you know, there are thousands of people that have been thrown out of work, and many of those jobs are not coming back because those shops are not going to reopen, et cetera. It's going to be, uh, it is a bloodbath, and it is going to be a really tough time for everyone for a long time. Uh, but that said, uh, we will peak, uh, it will turn around, and, you know, we have work to do. Um, so let's keep uh, working on that. Um, what we have learned from the half of our staff that is in China, uh, who went through this two months ago. Um, is, uh, that, uh, you know, that it actually, you know, if you do, um, if you listen to governor Cuomo, uh, you know, you have a a good, uh, solid or solid leadership there. And I'm sure there's other good leaders out there, but he's, uh, he's doing the right things that are necessary for this time and getting people ready for what's coming. Um, and it is, uh, you know, we're in the calm before the storm and it doesn't feel very calm at all, does it? (laughs) It's not, it's not calm, but this is the calm before the storm. And it's going to get much, 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 uh, uglier as hospital systems start to fail and everything else. So we, we have to do what we can right now to get ready and to prevent, you know, the, the deaths of several hundred thousand people. So, um, you know, be careful about the advice that you're listening to uh, Cuomo has some really good advice. Uh, I I'd say, and you know, Dr. Fauci is, is, is pretty great as well. Uh, but I'd be selective about listening to uh, anyone who says that uh, this is going to be over by Easter uh, because uh, you know, it will be 10, you know, instead of, when that pronouncement was made, there was 100 people a day dying, and now uh, it's just 200 people a day, but it will be thousands of people a day uh, dying by the time Easter comes around. And that's not something we can live with uh, very easily in our hearts. It's a terrible travesty uh, for, for so many uh, uh, of our families, and we have to uh, you know, ready ourselves uh, you know, and be, and, and be uh, you know, contemplative about what we can do to try to uh, change the course of this all so um, and I think people are standing up and listening to good leaders and, and 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 sitting down and working from home and doing everything we need to do um so there have been major adjustments that have been made that it has definitely already altered the course of, of the of of what would have happened and uh and yet I think uh we still have a very hard time ahead of us so um I'm not sure how uh, you know what the lessons that we're seeing across the world you know China is already uh it's still in, in you know, l- like these lockdown periods are happening and uh, they lock down. They're sort of freeing things up a little bit, but they're locking down again in, depending on different parts of the country, et, et-, et cetera, we're going to see a, a lockdown, uh, open up lockdown up until the point where there's a good therapeutic and where we have perhaps five times as many less as people dying uh, based off of like a new sort of treatment plan. Um, and when that happens, I think we can sort of reopen the economy sort of full, full rate. Um, but uh, up until that, you'll, you'll see a an opening and a closing, uh, opening and a closing as as uh, as it gets to be picking up again, because it's not going to be eradicated until there's 100 percent testing and isolation. And so that's going to be, you know, several months away. Um, uh, it it could be, you know, it'll be coming back probably for years and years. Um, but in terms of the, in terms of what we're seeing elsewhere, the investments have, uh, stopped in the United States. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's overkill to say stopped, but what you'll see is that new investments aren't being made. Uh, the investments are, the VCs, are holding back and they're going to support the companies that they have, um, rather than in this time of uncertainty launching into a whole bunch of new investments unless they're, unless they're perhaps extremely timely, right? Extremely related to COVID or the opportunities that are coming out of COVID that the the wilds will open up for some of that. But, um, you know, otherwise a normal business, uh, not on the, not on the radar, people may take meetings, but they're not going to end up giving you money, uh, for uh, a new, um, you know, for a new business, unless unless, of course, you're there already an investor in you and they think you're doing well and they, they want to keep you alive. And even then, you'll you'll uh, probably face some punitive terms, um, uh, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, uh, the, the focus here is getting nine months of runway so we can get to the other side of this um, for for the uh, people who are dependent on investors uh, to keep their businesses running. And a lot of cases, even great businesses, we just shut down a business in New York, uh, in Brooklyn, uh, yesterday. It's not, you know, we're putting it in hibern- hibernation, but they, they had to, they have, they, there's, they were on a track to probably do 8 million in revenue this year. Um, their orders are up, 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 you know, they were they're, they're in great. Uh, but you know, they can't produce the products. It's a physical product. They had to, you know they can't produce. because it. It's not COVID-related. They can't go into work. They can't manufacture it. They had to save the company by uh, laying off 57 people um, uh, just uh, yesterday, um, and that's happening all over the all over the the country. And that's going to keep happening. That's why you see record rates of unemployment uh, now, and you'll see it uh, getting worse in the months to come. So it's in that environment, it's really hard for an investor to invest with confidence. There's not that much certainty. I will say uh, that uh, you know um, uh, you're going to see. Uh, yeah, and here we are. We're in we're in the accelerator business, right? So we're we ourselves are going to be uh, dependent on a lot of uh, angels, right? Angels have closed their wallets, you know. So we've seen that we saw that in China, you know, before, uh, and we're seeing it now in the states. Um, so, and naturally they're, they're, they're closing their wallets because what they thought they had a retirement account that could pay for their life, et cetera, you know, it's down by 30%, 40%. Um, they're very worried about where they're spending their money right now. And, you know, a a good opportunist opportunistic person with cash is going to want to come in and invest because it is a good time to invest in the right kind of businesses if you have freedom to operate. But how many businesses really have freedom to operate right now? Um, so there's a lot of questions I'm sure that people would have about this discussion and and, and whatnot, but whatever you do, you have to make the adjustments to your businesses that you can uh, to get nine months of runway, to try to get through to the other side of this. Um, Because at that time, I I think if you can get there, uh, remember nine months of runway, you still need to go then do the fundraising. That's only really saying that's saying the worst of this will be over in three months, which could very well be. In parts of the country uh, but it's it's still going to be a tough time to raise money i think
0: right well that's that's sobering and um, but that's the reality, and you see and I think nine months is you know I think something we should keep in our minds right as far as when we most realistically get to the other side or get to some more clarity right
1: yeah well I, I mean you can look at this. I mean, if we act as fast as now, you look at China and you say, "Oh, China's a great use case." Look, they they only had however many uh, deaths and however many uh, in, infections, and but it's not over in China. Right? There's no vaccine, you know. The, you know, th- this is going to come back. It's going to bubble up again. It'll. It's already bubbling up again, um, and so you know. Uh, so we have to recognize it'll be open, close, open, close. Uh, there's going to be a lot of reliance on, uh, on the government in this time, uh, which, uh, which is something that is alien to most uh, startup startups. Right. I mean, it's the last right. thing you think of, right? right. <laughs> but, so, you know, for the entrepreneurs,
0: share with us just one thing um, to take away from all the insights that you have over the years from building businesses in tough, tough
1: times. Well, you know, one uh, one thought is, you know, um, uh, never waste a crisis, right? Never waste a crisis. So when you have a crisis, um, it's like a near-death experience. And I've had a couple of near-death experiences in my life. And it is so clarifying as to your purpose, what you should be doing, where you should be focused. And how you know what what what's the purpose of your life what's the meaning of your life and what what is the meaning of your organization so um there's a lot of um you know um there's a lot of people that are, are not going to be you know thinking that you know they can sort of just run along and situation is normal um it's not uh it's not normal uh and so you need to be brutal about the decisions that you make. Brutal not not to people, um, not to humans, but brutal in terms of the clarity. And yes, sometimes it will be brutal to people, but it's uh, in terms of the layoffs and things like that. Like I talked uh, about these, these companies in Brooklyn and throughout the world, um, in Australia as well. I mean, this is the entire world, this is, this is happening uh, in, in our world of investing. Uh, and, uh, and so you just have to be ready um, to, you know, have those incredibly clear, uh, you know, the clarity of a near death experience, which is what we as a species are, are living through right now in a, in a way. Um, and certainly economically more so than even physically um, the, the, you know, it, it, it should get, um, you know, everyone to get rid of that second product line. That doesn't mean anything and isn't ready to sell, you know, get focused on what you can get, uh, that people really need to market uh, today and forget everything else. You know, it's just that that level of focus is gonna be necessary. That, that So don't waste the crisis. Make the changes you need to make to your business um, and make them now.
0: Got it, thank uh-huh. you. So we have some people with questions. I'm gonna ask folks to simply submit them in the Q&A tab on the bottom and we'll pick off a few to ask Sean. In the meantime, Sean, I know you are working on the launch, and this may be delayed, of uh, the, the IndieBio new IndieBio accelerator in New York. Why don't you give yep. us an update on that initiative? Uh,
1: so IndieBio New York, um, actually, we we um, our labs in San Francisco have freedom to operate because we're working on COVID, uh, you know, uh, crisis uh, stuff. So we have uh, we're an essential business uh, and. In New York, um, uh, <laughs> we're in the middle of the renovations on the space. Uh, but uh, you know, assuming that space is open, uh, we would be uh, you know taking the COVID-related companies and putting them in and and working here. Like everyone, I, I admire hugely all the people in the food services industry and the grocery stores and the and every other part of our business, uh, economy that we are dependent upon. And R&D and development of things that are related to solving this are just as critical as anything else. So we need to keep our people, uh, you know, uh, producing uh, this time more than any other time um, and effective and thinking about these problems and having access to the things they need to solve these problems. Uh, That said, you know, even in you know even when even in the month or so before this we were doing head scanning like i went to tai tai taipei uh, about a month ago or yeah something like 15 that. minutes Oops, sorry um uh sorry about that noise it'll come back again in 15 minutes um i i uh i uh, was in taipei and you know you, know, you, you step into the airport, they scan your, te- your head for your, your, your temperature. They're doing that now in Newark, finally, last Sunday or, or so. They started doing that from international flights. Um, <clears throat> but they do it also when you're in the hotels, right? And they do it in the workplaces. And, and so, like, you know, I'm, I was in a hotel. Every time I stepped into the hotel lobby, I had to get my, uh, my temperature measured uh, because they're trying to catch it at, a, at the right point. We have to do that uh, in our workplaces, uh, and you know, those, those things are maybe a lagging indicator, but it's better than no indicator, and, um, and you know, logging people who are there in, in the workplace in a given day so that you know who was contagious you know, that, that given day, and then you can notify everyone else, et cetera, um, after the fact, you, you have to refer back to those records and, and things like that. You know this is all sort of like war, living in wartime uh, you know things and we need to adjust to a few of the a few of those issues ultimately it won't be solved until we can just um, test uh, people um, twice a week or so with very affordable tests um, and stomp this thing out um, and we do have a company for example um, in San Francisco right now it's an Argentinian company uh, that we backed a year ago that we've scaled up they've got around. I think they've got around 20 people, 25 people uh, that they're producing a short, uh, like a, it's an hour long uh, test, like a pregnancy stick uh, kind mm-hmm. of thing uh, that'll tell you whether or not, you know, you can use urine, you could use blood, you could use, you know, the nasal um, swab or the s- saliva, and it will tell you uh, in an hour uh, whether or not you have uh, the, the infection and to what level, what degree you, you have it. So things like that need to come out, Those that device, which is only like $15 a test or, or even less uh, possibly for the test strip, um, and the device itself is about $150 bucks or something like that, that needs to all be manufactured and gotten out to every business, et cetera. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sort of talking about, you were asking about IndieBio New York, I'm talking about some specific uh, companies in IndieBio that, that are trying to help, um, but um, we're looking to back companies that are doing a variety of different things like that. Um, IndieBio New York is also more focused on therapeutics. We have uh, one of the, our our partner there, the lead partner in IndieBio New York, uh, Stephen Chambers uh, was one of the founding scientists of a company called Vertex, uh, which is a very famous uh, $75 billion market cap um, uh, therapeutics company. He's worked on many drugs there, including the original drugs, and um, also launched his own startups um, in therapeutics, um, and uh, is has joined us, um, you know, to to help uh, to help lead other therapeutic startups. We have uh, uh, the guy who is the chief science officer and chief medical officer for Celgene, who's one of our adjunct partners. We have another therapeutics guy who is with uh, Regeneron as their uh, senior vice president for strategy and and um, and uh, business development and a medical doctor himself, you know, so we have that kind of expertise all, you know, in our New York program, you know, several other, we have a, uh, a PhD microbiologist, uh, Julie, who has uh, her, uh, Dr. Wolf is a specialist in infectious diseases. We've got a, just an incredible team that's really uh, able to help, uh, particularly on therapeutics, which will probably be about 30% of the companies, but we also do future food, um, cellular agriculture, Um, any sort of application where you can use biology as a technology to solve a problem.
0: And uh, so we just had a question, Sean, will that, will that uh, new COVID program be open to all companies anywhere or just where Indie bios are geographically
1: located? So actually, because, um, you know, unless it's, well, if it's a COVID company uh, and they need a lab, then they're, you know, welcome to use our labs. Um, And uh, so, Uh, if they, you know, we are actually running virtual accelerators and we did this back in China, um, when, when this first happened and surprisingly, um, you know, even these conversations that we're having here, like over zoom are very effective when you're, when you're working with a group of just a small community of, of, you know, 15 or so, uh, co-founders, 20, 20 co-founders all working together and learning from each other, um, in a, in a virtual environment like zoom. So, um, so we are still running uh, cohorts even virtually, um, and um, and then doing a lot of one-on-one uh, mentoring uh, over over the um, over you know Zoom.
0: Great. Another question is uh, from Krishna, and I know he gave some links which I will share with the group uh, regarding some of the work his startup is doing now to help with the COVID response. But he asked about should the government step in to save jobs? Um, and he also shared a link from the EDA in, in New Jersey, uh, which is helping, uh, has some new programs just launched uh, yesterday to, to help small businesses and, and entrepreneurs. So uh, I, th- I think we know the answer to this, but Sean, give us sort of your take on what you think the government, if you had a magic wand, you know, what should the government do?
1: Well, you know, It's very funny because, like uh, the in some ways, the worst thing the government could do is to pretend that this isn't happening and just funding people, um, you know, funding the businesses because these businesses are going to be destroyed anyway. First priority is stopping the stopping this condition. That said, um, you know, uh, you know, because if you if you try to, for example, you fund a cruise company. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you're causing more problems, right? If, you, if you're f- funding all these things, everybody needs to mothball a little bit, uh, you know, uh, some of those industries uh, for a little while. Restaurants are, are, are going to, you know, you can't just keep fun- funding that um, ad infinitum. I mean, I kind of, I've always been a fan of Andrew Yang's uh, sort of thing to, uh, you know, the, not, not always been, actually, only recently been a, a fan of um, the uh, universal basic income I, I look at that as a actually a a way of sort of correcting some of the runaway sort of uh bad effects of unregulated capitalism um and rewarding people who are stay-at-home people, like whether there's mothers or you know, people who have um you know have to deal with um uh you know, uh, special needs uh, children or anything like that, there's, there are whole bunches of reasons why um, universal basic income can help um, a, a lot of people. Uh, that said, it's, a, it's an extraordinarily expensive uh, program. I'm not a, I'm not a macroeconomics uh, person, so I don't really have the answer to that. I, I do know that, the, that we've just passed a $2 trillion uh, you know, um, aid program. I, I think that's a, a, a good idea. And the, the, that's a $2 trillion aid program every two months. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's a, that would be a very sobering thing. <laughs> um, so we have, to figure out, uh, we have to figure out a longer term uh, solution. But yeah, I mean, human suffering, we've got to alleviate the human suffering. Um, and we've got to get the economy rolling. And we know the economy is built on small businesses. I don't have an answer for how that money should be dispersed. Uh, I think it's going to be very, very difficult. I think people need to get back to work uh, as soon as possible, which means we need better tests and we need universal testing at, at some point. Um, okay. So, uh, to solve it.
0: Do you think robotics and automation development are going to be accelerated given COVID circumstances?
1: Yeah. Um Uh, you know, we actually have a couple of robotics companies that are cleaning robotics and they've seen huge orders, uh, you know, upticks in orders uh, as well. Uh, So like things that, that, you know, big, big, large style uh, robots that clean bathrooms. Um, You know, it's very funny because like, we don't know that much about how this is being spread. Um, And it, you know, in SARS, which is related to SARS, um, it was a, you know, it was, it was, uh, you know, was not pleasant to talk about, but it's, uh, it was, uh, the virus was coming, uh, out in your poop and it was a, uh, fecal matter, uh, contamination and people not thoroughly washing their hands after, uh, going, uh, to the bathroom that, that caused the, 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 spread of that. Um, so, uh, it, to, a, uh, to a higher degree, um, I'm sure there's other causes, uh, for it as well but uh, th- these are like we uh, there's still so much to discover uh, as to how to get this right but robots can h- only help so far um, uh, and yeah, you know, I think if you look at longer a li- little bit longer term um, yeah I mean the the there's no question that robotics are gonna from the longer term continue to be more and more important in our lives they improve our quality of life uh, they take away dangerous work uh, And dirty work and that people don't generally want to do, you know, a lot of the agricultural uh, work is super hard work. I used to work on a farm myself when I was a teenager, Um, you know, and it's backbreaking work and it is uh, not work that you'd like to do. Um, So hopefully we can open up better, uh, better jobs uh, over time. um, And robots will, uh, will be helping us do that.
0: Great. So, Someone asked a question about Africa, um, about the investing going on there. And they're wondering if there might be more investments uh, in Africa going forward, or if that will be curtailed uh, even more considering the pandemic.
1: So so a a couple of things. Actually, you know, Africa is really an interesting uh, case because Africa hasn't been hit very hard by this. Um, And it seems like there's some better immunity um there uh to this and there are some theories about why that is that need to be pursued a little bit but uh ignoring the effects of uh covid 19 for a moment we have invested in Africa in a handful of companies maybe 10-15 companies it is extremely difficult uh even when you have the greatest companies the greatest entrepreneurs you know na- most natural uh talent engineers and, and, and whatnot really good at the products the problem is that Um, you know for many technologies you need to have enough capital to be able to get it up to a certain critical mass before and then and at that point you can scale the business on its own you know based off its own profits Um, the in Africa you know uh, there's not that capital there's no follow-on capital Uh, so so when we invest at the stage we invest you know, is generally as an angel, you know, not not as an angel, super angel, as a, at the accelerator, the, at the seed level or what's called pre-seed level, two hundred fifty thousand dollars is our normal initial check size. We invest at the accelerator, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, say, and then then other investors are supposed to come in. You know, we need we look for at least a five to one sort of support for every dollar we invest. Five other dollars come from other investors, and if there's no five other dollars there. Um, you know, then we have to be the sugar daddy for every single one of those companies. There's terrible dynamics in that um, because there's no pricing or repricing the rounds. There's no market uh, for the, the, the stock. So it's worthless effectively. Why would we even put more money into it? Because no one else is buying it. Um, That's a real challenge. Um, And, uh, and uh, it, you know, it's been in other markets before. Europe is actually not that great either. You know, the, you know, it's a hell of a lot better than, than Africa, but um, you know, China is pretty good. Asia is pretty good. uh, In, in a lot of places, Uh, Europe is not as good and Africa, you know, is pretty terrible. Um, And, and so if you can't have an early investor invest and have the company succeed, then later investors aren't going to come in uh, because there's no ecosystem of enough companies and enough money. And, um, and so, yeah, I don't see this changing in a favorable way, the de- economics of, in Africa. I would say it would, make it un- it would be unfavorable, uh, if anything. Um, well, I'm, and we're, I'm still waiting for some more questions. So
0: if anyone has any questions, please submit them uh, as we sort of wind down now. I am concerned, um, Sean, about the developing countries, even though it hasn't hit Africa yet or... Hopefully it never will. But um, if we're having so much trouble with this crisis, with this virus, I, I can't imagine, you know, the poor developing countries um, battling I, it. I, I,
1: I, I know what you're saying, and I, I would fear very greatly about that uh, possibility as well. For some reason, it could be microbiome related. They seem to be doing better. Um, there's a bunch of things that that in the in the developed world are much worse than in the uh, undeveloped world. For example, asthma, autism, things like those things that are related to the microbiome. Uh, it actually, um, you know, you see a much higher rate of these conditions um, in the developed world than you do in, in uh, you know, island economies or, or more natural, uh, natural economies.
0: How do you, I just got a question about uh, Latin America. Speaking of developing economies, um, obviously there's a wide range of economies in uh, in Latin America. What what's your take on on you know South America? Have you been investing in South America?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, we invest. We we invest. I don't know hundred companies, hundred countries around the world, hundred something like that that we've invested in with headquarters in those different countries. Um, so we have nine hundred and 70 investments or so uh globally um not all of them have survived <laughs> but uh you know there's probably 830 of them are still alive or more um and uh and so uh uh in um in those in latin america you yeah, know, we've we've got some great companies actually uh we have a superstar company jeff bezos just uh led a 40 million dollar round into a company called notco which is a alternative uh uh protein. Um it's a food formulation company using plant-based proteins uh to replace um you know animal agriculture. Uh so they produce uh milk. Starbucks did a test of the nine different all the different nut milks and all these other things and they just selected Notco to be their favored milk. Uh Burger King uh does the impossible burger up here, but they're using Notco's burger down in Latin America um, you know, uh, because it's, it's a great, you know, great company. Um, and so we're seeing some great uh, companies, great opportunities. Um, and, uh, we'll continue investing in Latin America. Um, you know, this, this COVID rapid testing, uh, there's some great scientists in particular, Argentina, Chile, you know, Brazil, there's some great, great work that is going on all around the world. There's bright people everywhere
0: and what about telehealth we have a question about uh, telemedicine and how that will be accelerated perhaps how do you see that massively,
1: uh, massively accelerated right like you know there there's there's huge numbers of people that are now uh, now discovering for the first time that they can actually do either the therapy sessions or the medical doctor sessions without even I mean, you know, without even physically seeing the doctor um, or like, for example, there was a um, in Ireland, uh, there's uh, they've made it mandatory that uh, the doctor's offices uh, have a first have a, a screening uh, via video chat before going in uh, to see them. And the doctors are astounded that it's such a much better way of doing it because they'd not been familiar with I mean, nobody's familiar with it. There's a new, new way of doing business. So they've discovered that they can be much more productive this way. Um, and, uh, and then in one case out of like five or one case out of eight, they have to have the person come down to the the surgery as they call them in Ireland, but the, the the clinic, um, and, uh, and then they'll visit that person physically and, you know, take their temperature or, or listen to their heart. You know, or you know, listen to whatever they listen to with those damn things they do, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> um, there was a I question. Of, yeah, no, I I
0: believe so as well. There was a question about you know um, bootstrapping. So before an entrepreneur takes external funding, what are some some of the creative ways you've seen uh, entrepreneurs fundraise? Uh, right from the start to get going, and I think that's obviously a, a really important question these days.
1: I mean, like, what people like—I I don't like this uh, in general—and it generally screws up a, a technology company. But what you know, what keeps you close to the customer is to work um, on uh, effectively on consulting uh, projects where there's a desperate need by one company that is looking to uh, solve a certain problem. You get close to it. They don't want to necessarily buy your product off the shelf, but you then end up getting a lot of uh, revenue or all, you know, 90% of your revenue off of one customer that does tend to draw that company into a services company for the rest of their lives. So as a, as a VC, it really is something that uh, we we don't get involved with companies like that generally, but in terms of surviving, um, it is a great way to survive. Um, And, you know, and it is a great way to bootstrap uh, your, your business. Um, And if you can, if you have the logical aptitude to be able to separate the customer specific uh, work from the platform specific work, then uh, it's really difficult to do that. Most 99% of people can't do that or 95% of people can't do that. But if you can, then, then you have a little services arm and, and you have your product arm, and then you can make it work.
0: Right, and of course, most companies use family, friends, and as they say,
1: pools, Oh right? absolutely, absolutely. That's how I got my start. <laughs> I, I knew a lot and, of pools.
0: And on the other hand, there's a few other uh, uh, ways to fund these days, crowdsourcing, crowdfunding, um, yeah even even Bitcoin, if you want to go down that road, I mean there are different types of of options uh, these days to the benefit of entrepreneurs
1: yeah i mean i I think people are fooling themselves if they think they can do a, an i c o initial coin offering that thing that went that was such a short window when that was possible, um, and it was a terrible idea even then I, you know I was preaching against that i I knew it was was not going to work and uh, you know, billions of dollars later, people found out that it wasn't going to work. Um, but, but it is. Uh, you know, I so I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a viable strategy. You have to think: how do you? How can you be of service? I mean, the whole. You know, in many ways, us as human beings, you know, we have to figure out. Hey, and we know it. I think even more clearly now than we would have in our stupor before the coronavirus. Um, how deeply. We are reliant on others, um, you know, and how deeply we are interconnected and need to be of service to others. Um, and uh, so, if we are building a business that is a great service to an audience, um, then then we will figure out a, a way to survive. Um, and it's just a matter of trying to figure out what that audience is. And, and designing something that is meeting a critical need that they have in a cost efficient way, um, or in a way that speaks to them. Um, and, and that, that, that is, um, you know, that's a challenge, a central challenge for most entrepreneurs in all times, but I think it becomes clear to us now um, how important um, it is to be of service to others.
0: Great. So we're winding down now, uh, Sean. Thank you so much uh, for sharing your insights. I asked you to pick a poem. Hold on. There's one. There might be one more. Qu- now, as far as a poem to t- to to sort of close this session out with, do you have it handy?
1: Yes, I I actually uh, I have a, a, a. It's not exactly a poem, uh, but it's a uh, it's a line that's often attributed to. Uh, uh, that great um, um Catholic I know bell winning uh, worker uh, mother Teresa uh Mother Teresa is true It's falsely attributed to Mother Teresa Mother Teresa did not say she said this, but other people said that Mother Teresa said this but uh the quotes uh, from uh, dr. Kent Keith it sounds a little like a poem to me so i'll 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 read it so um it says um if you do good. People will accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Do good anyway. Honesty and frankness will make you vulnerable. Be honest and frank anyway. The biggest people with the biggest ideas can be shot down by the smallest people with the smallest minds. Think big anyway. And what you Spend years building may be destroyed overnight. That is unfortunately what I think a lot of people are going through right now. But it says build anyway. So, you know, it's Dr. Kent Keith. Uh, I, I don't know who he was, but he's a, it's, a, it's a nice uh, poetic sort of uh, quote.
0: Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please like it, leave a review and subscribe. See you soon.